don't know. Maybe it's just me, but have you ever been in that situation where you feel like there's so much you want to talk about and there's not enough time? But at the same time, like you've literally been chomping at the bits to just get into it because that's exactly what I feel like. And yes, I know it's a new year. There's technically no new shit to talk about. But you know what? Fuck it. There's still some good shit from last year that we need to bring back. And at the center of it on this episode is the men and relationship shit involving men. And as I creep towards the main topic of this episode, I'm going to start things off with something that is a lot less man and a little bit more dog. Now, earlier this year, a man named Toko, I kid you the hell not, his name is Toko, T-O-C-O, revealed his ridiculously realistic canine suit which cost him $14,500 and was actually starting to worry that his friends and family will think that he's weird. Now, speaking to the mirror, Toko from Japan explained and I quote, I rarely tell my friends because I'm afraid they will think I am weird. My friends and family seemed very surprised to learn that I became an animal. Since childhood, I have had this unspecific fantasy of becoming an animal. End quote. Now, you think about it, I'm not usually one to always side with the majority, but let's be particularly honest, it is kind of weird. Like... I'm not saying this from a position of looking down on the guy. Of course, it's his body and his money and he can do whatever the fuck he wants. It's just, first of all, being called Taco is one interesting thing because that actually sounds like it would make for a really good dog name. But the part where you're like, I have this unspecific desire to be an animal. Like, I'm thinking about how family reunions will be and then, you know, when the rest of the family and the relatives are asking how he manages to do his shit, that incessant desire for at least one of their cousins to just shout in the background and say doggy style. Like, you kind of think about it. This guy would have to back down and not lose his shit. And then at that point, he'll be like, oh, who's a good boy? And then now it's going to seem disrespectful and shit. Like, I'm trying to think of how this guy's life will be with family and friends. Because at this point in time, that's when you kind of start to lose family and friends. Because they're like, you took this weird desire and you actually made something out of it. And while there's nothing wrong with chasing your passions... We expect you to chase your passion, the, you know, the desire to do something and not necessarily the fruit. Although that aside, I feel like the bigger issue now is if he actually wants to mate because dogs can smell other dogs and dogs know what the smell of a human being is, and you know, doggy style and everything. So this guy won't exactly be able to attract dogs. He'll probably have to get a human that's sexually attracted to dogs or, you know, him as a dog, at least, of which... If he is gay, I just so happen to have found a story of a man from Florida who was recently arrested sometime last month after having public sex with a dog. Now, the story reads, an Orlando man was in Clearwater where he had sex with a golden doodle in front of adults and a child. According to the Mason Street affidavit, he knew the owner of the dog and was taking the golden doodle out for a walk in the apartment complex. Then, he started having sex with the dog in front of witnesses, including adults and a juvenile who was less than 16 years old. And having read these two stories in the great words of the late Kevin Samuels, you can't make this shit up. Like, yes, they might be from two different corners of the world, but they sound like they're very well made for each other. And you know, they'd probably have a great relationship. You know, if dog guy doesn't mind, you know, getting it doggy style, because you know... 
or you have the dog and shit. And just like that, having joined two stories of people who seem to be interested in roughly about the same things together, making for a good potential relationship kind of makes me feel good. Because as a podcaster that talks about this shit, I usually kind of enjoy it when, you know, you can make something good happen out of the content that I talk about. And speaking of content that I talk about, I should have probably started in a more typical fashion where I start by saying... Welcome to Breaktime on West Side, your number one Breaktime podcast, coming to you from Nairobi, Kenya. The man on the mic is a man whose animal instincts might be the thing that is drawing him towards liking doggy style. Just not with dogs, with women though. He is a man who likes his women the same exact way he likes his yogurt. It is none other than your tall, dark and mildly handsome man, Sir Denver B. The show is Battle of the Sexes, our weekly love, sex and relationships show where I get to talk about, you know, bringing two people together in the name of love, giving two or more people pleasure, all with a name love attached to it, possibly disagreeing with some of your thoughts but coming to some sort of a conclusion at the end of it. Now, as usual, if you agree, if you disagree with whatever it is that I say, then you are very free to reach out and give your feedback on Facebook, on IG. It is at Breaktime on my side on Twitter. It is at Bagaka the D. You can reach out through any of those three platforms and I will be very happy to address whatever it is that you said. And actually, I know some people might be a little bit confused by the numbering on the whole episode title. I actually sort of decided to stop doing the whole BOTS, Tweet Street kind of thing at least for a while, just to sort of test things out because I noticed that the whole numbering system is a little bit confusing for people. Plus having two shows on one podcast with different season numbers at the same time can be a little bit confusing, especially if you're checking through certain apps that kind of group everything in terms of season. So I just kind of decided to put that on the back burner so all episodes will be having a certain number so as you can see odd numbers are battle of the sexes even numbers are going to be tweet street not unless if that changes on like episode 400 or some shit so i figured i might as well put that as well then also i'm guessing you're probably wondering where the instrumental is as well i decided to ditch that at least for now just to sort of see if it's If it's a format and a sound that I kind of like moving forward, not because it's actually an issue to add. It's just I know that there's a lot of podcasts that don't have instrumentals in the background. It's something that I've had running for about two, two and a half years. And I feel like maybe if I ditch the instrumentals, probably it might sound a little bit better or you might like the sound of my voice a little bit better. Either way, it's a new year. I'm trying a couple of new things, trying to revamp the podcast and see if I can make shit sound better for you and for others so that, you know, it can move farther and spread to more people and, you know, reach and shit. But all that said and done, the content is still the same. The talks are still more or less the same. And I'm still going to be doing shit the same exact way I've been doing shit, you know, trying to educate you, but trying to have fun at the same time. Which is going to be a little bit hard on this episode because I've already eaten into so much time and there's so much that I wanted to talk about in the rant that I ended up actually settling on two stories before I get into the main topic. So first of all, Lil Nas X has apparently come out to say that he has a son and he is no longer going to hide him. Now this was something that he released sometime last week or should I say last year and the thing is Like, I'm not saying that I don't believe that he can have a kid. And yes, you know, there's people that are going to come out and they're going to be like, oh, you know, gay people can have children as well, blah, blah, surrogates. Maybe he is bi. And the thing is, it's not even about that. It's just the fact that Lil Nas X has done a lot of shit in the name of trolling the Internet. It's just that 
it's very hard to believe that the kid is actually his and probably not like an album cover or like some way to generate buzz before he drops a new project or some shit because i don't think he's released new music in a while and frankly when i'm looking at these pictures they could actually make for a pretty nice album cover so it's a little bit hard to kind of believe all of that shit and if it does actually turn out to be true and he does actually have a son that's biologically his or even adopted then i'm very happy for him and you know i'm hoping that he ends up being a good father figure to his kid you know as opposed to the kind of figure that he's been on his music videos you know just saying although speaking of bi situations there was a threesome horror story that happened sometime last month that i felt just needed to be covered on this episode now a man in the US in a place called Cockeysville, I kid you not, that's the actual name of the place, is accused of killing another man after a woman had sex with the both of them earlier that day. Now, 23-year-old Timothy Bryce of Woodstock, Maryland, faces one charge of first-degree murder and one charge of using a firearm while committing a felony according to the charging documents. Now, according to the documents themselves, Bryce and the victim as Zane and Trobus had sex with a woman at an apartment in Cockeysville early in the morning on December the 7th. The woman told investigators that the men began to argue with each other later in the morning. Bryce pulled out a handgun and shot Antrobus according to charging documents. Let me end the story there. Now, first of all, this is one of the reasons why I'm sort of against threesomes because you kind of think about it like these two niggas were arguing after they both fucked the babe. I'm trying to think of all the insults that would have been coming at that point in time. And it's not very hard to kind of dismiss it. Especially if you are the guy that was relegated to receiving head. Like you think about it. If that guy had bigger dick than you. You'd probably feel insecure. If that guy probably made sure moan and you weren't making her moan. You'd probably feel insecure. Hell if you were the one that was relegated to receiving head 90% of the time you'd probably feel like shit. So, to a certain degree, in as much as I'd say that I can understand where this man's insecurities might have come from, I do know the argument, of course, and all of this is just pure speculation, but I feel like this guy might have probably touched on his manhood, metaphorically speaking, and pretty much decided to make him feel like he ain't shit while they were arguing in the morning, because, you know, there was an argument and someone pulled a gun and shot the other guy. And it's a very unfortunate situation, which is why... If you're gonna have a threesome with two dudes ladies, make sure these niggas do not know each other and they are very relaxed, chilled people. This whole thing of going with, say, your boyfriend and another dude and your mans isn't totally into it but he said yes just because he claims he loves you or anything of the sort, that shit is going to wreck niggas. And if one guy's been shot because of this, trust me, there's a ton of other guys who don't have access to guns that probably did not feel adequate after a devil's threesome like this. Although, all that said and done, considering that all of this is speculation, I'd like to see where this entire case goes, but I will leave it at that, and I will move it on to our main topic of today. Now, in my few years of podcasting, and in my many years of listening to, reading up on, debating on, and talking about love, sex, and relationships, there's been a very interesting thing that I've heard that seemed particularly interesting for me, and it related to monogamy. And it was something that had been said about how monogamy is of benefit to men, because if monogamy wasn't like the rule for quite a number of people, 
then the whole 80-20 split where 20% of like top tier men will go and sleep with 80% of the women and the other 80% are left with barely anything would probably be as a certain coach Greg Adams on YouTube said probably a 95-5 difference and it's something that I sort of listened to and I believed and it sort of really made sense but over time i've had this whole thing being taken and used quite a bit and people talking about how monogamy was invented for men or monogamy was invented by men but the point at which i actually decided that i needed to look into this was when i started noticing a lot of red bill content creator manosphere content creator anti-feminist content creators pretty much using this as a talking point in a lot of relationship talk where they're like oh you know monogamy was invented for men otherwise men wouldn't be getting blah 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 so that even the average guys can get access to women not just you know the finest women but you know just women in general and there's a clip that i pulled from ig where a woman was actually talking about this so as usual i'm gonna play the clip for you and then i'm gonna get into whatever it is that's been said so that we can actually sort of understand and possibly debunk whether this thing is actually true or false so here it is Monogamy was invented by men. Men need monogamy. Because they wanted to, the average, was it because the average man wanted to have a beautiful woman? No. Why was it? No. Monogamy is necessary because if you say we're going to develop a polygamous community, what will happen is what the women will do, because women, we are genetically wired to want to procreate with the biggest strongest, richest man. This right. is embedded in us. It's nothing anyone could play God to say that I'm not like that. Yes, you are, sis. God made you that way. And mm -hmm. it's for a reason. It's how you keep the human race going. Not all men are meant to be carried on. Ouch. Red pill truth. <laughs> all right. So those are some pretty interesting statements that have been made. And a lot of guys sort of stand by this. A lot of guys believe in this. And while I'm not saying that it's wrong to believe that that could be true, I don't entirely think it is true because at least I went and I did some research and I sort of tried to look into whether this is entirely true. But before I get into that, let me just start by sort of just trying to debunk some of the smaller things that she said. Now, the whole idea of getting the biggest, baddest, strongest, richest men because that's how women are wired isn't entirely the case. I don't think it's a case of just going for the richest guy or the biggest guy, or the strongest guy or the baddest guy. Otherwise, bodybuilders, powerlifters would be getting women day in, day out. And yet they actually don't get as much female attention as they do male attention, which clearly tells you that at least today, in today's day and age, they're not considered to be the most attractive people ever. Not unless if they have some level of celebrity status around them. But Either way, you kind of look at it, they're not the ones that are pulling the most babes. Actually, I'd probably argue that right now, you know, the flubby chubby guys and the super skinny guys are the ones that are probably pulling the most babes. And, you know, there's the whole talk of, you know, skinny guys having a long dick and shit, which is, which is a discussion for a different time. But still, those ones are the ones that are pulling the most babes. The richest one, that one, you can clearly just put it down to resourcefulness and just the idea that, she'll be more secure that she has money. But back to what it is that I was going to try and talk about. So I actually used to believe in this to a certain degree. You know, the whole monogamy came as a result of men having to get a chance with, with women. Otherwise, you know, there'd be a lot more men who wouldn't have access to women, blah, 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 which you could argue seems to be the case right now. Except that I did a bunch of research on this entire thing and I realized that most of what's being talked about here is a sack of bullshit. 
And the thing with a lot of people who are, you know, very pro such topics and are part of the red pill and the manosphere and everything is that they believe that everything that they say comes from facts. And while I could debate whether that's entirely true or not, what I'd much rather do is actually explain where I'm getting all of my information from. Because, of course, they'd want to know where my so-called facts, which is probably coming from. So what I actually did is I went onto Google and I actually just typed out, when did monogamy originate? And because I didn't want to pick the, the site or, you know, start cherry picking the one that would suit whatever it is that I was going to say, I picked three different sites at random. So there's one which is called getmore.com. There's another one which is nature.com. And I managed to find scienceillustrated.com.au. So I have those three sites and I'm going to quote exactly what they say. Now, according to getmore.com, it says, and I quote, It may seem like human beings have been shacking up together since the dawn of time, but that hasn't necessarily always been the case. According to a paper published in 2012, the anthropological record shows that 85% of human societies have permitted polygamy or polyamory, and while today the concept of soulmates is very familiar to most, researchers still have a hard time understanding how monogamy started. According to the New York Times, a 2011 paper showed that early humans or hominids began shifting towards monogamy about 3.5 million years ago, though the species never evolved to be 100% monogamous. There are few different theories as to why this shift happened. After all, at a base level, it doesn't seem like there would be an evolutionary advantage to monogamy. When a male mates with multiple females, wouldn't there be higher success rate for producing offspring? Researcher Kit Opie of University College London surmises that monogamy in early primates meant that males were able to protect and nurture their children, which led to higher rates of survival and increased nourishment, which had an impact on human brain development further down the line. The rise of monogamy is also linked with the rise of democracy and modern civilization. All this considered, some researchers aren't convinced that humans are naturally monogamous, or that they should be. As the BBC reported, there's a difference between social monogamy and sexual monogamy. Social monogamy involves a partnered pair living close together and typically parenting their offspring. These couples typically have sex with one another, but they may not be 100% exclusive, unlike those that are sexually monogamous. The latter, in humans and other species, is considered pretty rare. End quote. So essentially, they're saying that monogamy was something that was being drifted towards about three and a half million years ago, which is probably before the dawn of money and and owning vast tracts of land and wealth and shit, because I tend to think that back then we were just hunters and gatherers and shit. But anyways, now let me use nature.com's article. So why do men pair bond? Two common alternative arguments for the evolution of monogamy exist in the literature. The first argument suggests that monogamy evolved due to selective pressure favoring males that protected their offspring from attacks by infanticidal competitors. However, recent phylogenetic analyses cast doubt on this claim and find that across animal taxa, the evolution of monogamy is unassociated with the risk of infanticide. The second argument focuses on patterns of female distribution. Solitary females spread across a landscape due to resource dispersal and or female intolerance limit multiple mate monopolization opportunities for males and favor monogamy as a consequence. 
While this argument may hold for many mammals, this explanation is incongruous for many group living species, including humans and other primates. I'm going to leave that one at that because it's it's a lot longer and it's an entire article. Now, according to sciencillustrated.com.au, it says, and I quote, Monogamy evolved in humans when low-ranking males changed tack from competing with the higher-ranked rivals to revealing their more caring side to potential suitors. At some point in early human history, our ancestors stopped mating in a promiscuous manner, well, most of them, and adopted the new, more orderly mating system of monogamy. It is still not fully understood why this transition would have occurred. A US scientist has used simple mathematical modeling to predict how the evolutionary quirk came about, and why it has been influential in shaping some unique features of our species. Primate groups are generally structured in dominance-driven hierarchies, with mating privileges restricted to the few high-ranking males. It would not have been a smooth transition for early humans to develop pair bonding within larger groups. Males would have been locked in a quote-unquote social dilemma, where shifting one's effort from competition to caring for their mate would have given an advantage to free riders and male cheaters. The researchers' models predict that the process began when lower-ranked males started using the alternative strategy of provisioning to woo potential suitors. It developed further by the evolution of female choice and high fidelity. As the system grew more popular, all the males, except for those few highest ranked in the hierarchy, would have been using the new behavior to court their future companions. The females would become more responsive to these highly caring, protective males and less taken by the most aggressive and dominating ones. It is still debated whether monogamy is an evolutionarily successful mating strategy. End quote. Alright, so those are three different articles. One was from 2016 and that was the nature.com one. The other two are from 2012. And both of them have given their take on where the origin of monogamy is. And out of everything, I can give about three main takes from this entire thing. First of all, monogamy had nothing to do with male-slash-patriarchal law. So this whole thing of the patriarchy or men invented it, it has nothing to do with men actually inventing it. I think it was more of a case of evolution as was mentioned in that last study. Now, the second takeaway is monogamy was not quote-unquote invented by men. Actually, by the sound of it, it seems like it was an adaptation by women as opposed to an invention or anything that was particularly planned by men. You know, the, the closest thing that actually even brings up men in this is the fact that, you know, men that weren't as high up in the dominance hierarchy pretty much just decided to change tactic and they found a different way to play the game, which actually sounds like a much better way to look at it, such that it was two people that decided on this, both male and female, and not necessarily just the men that decided it or just the women. Now, third takeaway of it is polygamy isn't really all that great for everyone. Because if you're looking at monogamy becoming a choice of bonding, starting three and a half million years ago, like this whole thing of, oh, you know, women will go with the biggest, baddest guy and a woman would much rather be a second wife to a rich man than be the first wife to a poor man, blah, blah, blah. Like, this kind of shows that there's an element of bullshit around it, and maybe we shouldn't look at it in the most general sense. But all in all, this actually brings back the one thing that I was trying to look at, which is the origin and the fact that monogamy did not originate from men. Hell, us guys weren't even involved in that shit, and it was nothing to do 
with us guys trying to get more babes and someone else way above us deciding that shit. Like, there's definitely more dominant, aggressive, and in this case of today, richer guys that are definitely pulling babes using money, but it means that at some point, these babes realize that just because a guy has a certain level of means doesn't necessarily mean that he's going to be a great you know, parent and, and partner to have offspring with. And as a result, in as much as yes, you could be wife number something to a certain dominant guy, maybe you might actually have a much better future and your offspring might have a much better future and be nurtured better by another person, even though he's not all that high up which actually sounds a lot better for me. And I think it also sounds a lot more realistic when you look at a lot of babes today. Yes, there's babes that are drawn by money and there's babes that are drawn by how successful a guy is, but there's some babes that just simply want a good dude that'll take care of them, not necessarily in like a 100% financial way, but just take care of them, make her feel good, show her affection, and actually show some positive fatherhood quality materials And then they'll pretty much choose to settle down with the guy. So to kind of conclude all of this, in as much as the episode ended up being a little bit longer and sounded a lot more boring than some, I will just say this. Men did not create monogamy. Men did not invent monogamy. This bullshit is is clearly bullshit. You can say that they benefit from monogamy, which is completely true, but we didn't create it. We just benefited from it. Which is what I believe the first person I heard saying this, which was Coach Greg Adams, has actually been saying all along. He never said we created it. He just said men benefit the most from monogamy. Which is actually why I do not totally believe in you listening to the same content creators that preach the same things that you believe in and you picking it up and believing that it is 100% facts. You don't have to believe what I said. You can go and do your research for yourself. Just the same way these guys are saying men invented monogamy and yet that was probably an omission or at least it was a toying around with the words from men, you know, benefit from to men invented it. Like they sound similar, but they're completely different, which is sort of like believing that if you measure the width of a car from one side mirror to the other, it actually fully justifies why side mirrors are important when you're trying to check like, the width of the road and whether your car can pass around it, which is completely bullshit. Your side mirrors are made so that you can see out the back. That other shit is some shit that we found extra benefit in. Although, then again, I might be completely wrong about this shit and I'm very open to whatever other inputs other people would like to give about this, so I want your thoughts on it. The DMs are open on Facebook, on IG, it is at Breaktime on our side, on Twitter. It is at Bagaka the D. Thank you so much for listening all the way till the end and I will catch you guys on the next break.